It's Wednesday, November 21st, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. I am thrilled to be here with Kathy Leak, and she is our South Carolina director and does a fantastic job leading our team and ministry in South Carolina. But initially, she got engaged with Lifeline because she's a foster mom, and uh, her family has experienced foster care. And uh, so, Kathy, just, you know, first, tell us a little bit about your family and your personal journey into foster care. Well, it's good to be with you, Herbie, and good to be with um, our uh, listeners today. Um, my family. So I married my high school sweetheart. We have been together for 20 years. Um, we went to colleges apart and when we got married, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. We had our first two children there at Northside Hospital. And um, after having our second child, I cried uncle, but I didn't really cry uncle. I cried mommy. <laughs> and so we decided to move to Charleston, South Carolina. My husband had a job opportunity here and we moved down the street from my parents. And um, they have been an instrumental part in us being able to get involved in the ministry of foster care. And uh, so we had two children moved here to Charleston and really felt like we had that garden variety American dream. We had a white picket fence, literally. We had the two kids. We both had uh, corporate jobs and were living a fairly comfortable um, uh, middle class America life. And the Lord continued to work on our heart through, um, you know, just the discipleship within our church here at East Cooper Baptist in Mount Pleasant. And uh, part of what that did is it led me to our local pregnancy center, actually. And I started getting involved volunteering there. And I met a nurse who said, you should go talk to Lifeline. They're getting involved in foster care. And so we came and we met with um, the state director then who was just starting the conversations with uh, local churches about starting a foster care ministry here. And we said, well, maybe it's foster care, maybe it's international adoption. We actually considered an international adoption with Lifeline for a while, uh, but we went to an orientation. And um, really the Lord just continued to say, be obedient for the next step. We didn't have um, much of a plan other than Lord illuminated one next step for us. And we just continued to say yes to that. We started three years ago as a respite family. Mm -hmm. Foster care was still a little scary. We do not have any family that has ever done foster care. We don't have any family that has adopted. So we really were um, new to this idea of missional orphan care. Um, Lifeline really had to do a work with us. Our social workers really had to do a lot of discipleship and education for us to even get to a place where we understood how to be a missional foster family. And um, so, so we did. We started with respite care in part also because our third biological child came just a few weeks before our respite placement did. So we did some respite care for about six months. And then um, one of our children that we had respited for needed a full-time home. We said yes to her and we've just continued to be a full-time foster family then. Well, obviously, so, I mean, foster care has touched you guys on a, on a micro level. Uh, both from your participation, but also for your heart. But let's talk about the macro level. What do you see as a need in the United States for children in foster care? Um, well, first of all, children in foster care are not unlike you and me, Herbie. They need the right. Lord. <laughs> um, 
And I want to make clear to, to our listeners too today that the Lord invites us into this work. He does not need us. He right. cares for these orphans and for these vulnerable children like he does the lilies of the field and the sparrows, that, that he cares for them immensely. And so we're invited into this work, um, and, but, but we're not needed. We just right. get the opportunity to be part of this ministry of reconciliation. At the macro level, what we see and what I believe children in foster care need are willing, well-equipped families. Um, for many people, they have thought about adoption and foster care for a long, long time. Everybody can do something, but for some of these families, it's saying yes to bringing children into their home. And children need families. So for those of people who are listening and have been thinking about it, I just want to say, if you are willing, the time is now to take the first step and to attend an orientation, to attend an informational meeting. In fact, when people tell me, I've been interested in foster care for a while, I want to go back and think about it. I said, don't think about it and don't pray about it. Go to an orientation and get good information. Right. Um, and, and for those listeners that are outside of Alabama and South Carolina, where Lifeline does the work of foster care, we'd still like to talk to you. We have relationships with church partners and state and private agencies throughout the country, and we'd be happy to help get you connected um, to, a, to a trusted partner in your area. Just because we are not doing foster care in, in your state doesn't mean that we still can't equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to these vulnerable children. Um, so we need willing families, but we need well-equipped families. I think, as I mentioned in my personal story, I was not well-equipped. Jonathan and I were not well-equipped when we started. We were willing. The Lord had pricked our hearts, but we didn't really have any basis of understanding what missional foster care looked like. Um, foster care is more than just providing temporary shelter, food, and clothing to a child. Mm -hmm. As believers, we know that we are well-equipped with the Holy Spirit and with Scripture for every good work, as it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We know that we have what we need, and God continues to do a work through His church to impart wisdom and understanding to us through Scripture. So well-equipped families model Christ to the children in their lives. We build trust with these kids along with training and discipleship, right? We know that Jesus healed the blind man, and then he said, get up, right? Mm -hmm. There was action after the healing, after the mercy act. So we can, we can build trust with that child first, and then we can move to training and discipleship. We can include nurture just like mm -hmm. we do with structure. We, mm -hmm. we teach our families. I was taught that underlying that behavior that we see in that birth family in that DSS worker and in that child, that whole ecosystem underlying that behavior is a need. Mm. And I can meet that need. And then meeting that need may be the best way to deal with the, under, with the behavior that I'm seeing. That's not natural for some of us coming from traditional parenting. Trauma-informed missional families can provide so much healing to kids in, family, uh, to kids in foster care. Mm. Um, but lastly, I would say they need families. God created the family for a purpose. We, we believe that families need the body of Christ to be successful. Um, and there is a nationwide push. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen even in our federal funding, haven't we, that there's a nationwide push to put yeah. more children in foster care in nuclear families, right? That mm -hmm. we want kids going in crisis to be in families, not in group homes, not in hotels, not in DHR offices. We want them in nuclear families. But the number of willing families just can't keep up. You know, in South Carolina in the last 12 months, 15 months or so, we've actually seen a 50% growth in the number of needed foster homes across the state. 
in my area alone, where, where our team serves in the Charleston area, we've grown from about a, a need of 200 homes to almost 300 just in the last year. And so the need is great, uh, but, but our God is greater. Right. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5, the entire chapter talks about a ministry of reconciliation. And I love to, to talk about how Jesus compels us into this work. You're crazy to get involved mm. in foster care. It hurts like crazy to lose these kids. But God gave us a ministry of reconciliation. And as we prepare for a season of giving in Christmas, where we give gifts and receive gifts, and there's a lot of joy around the giving of gifts, I like to remind people, we were given a ministry of reconciliation. When I give a gift to my kids, they, they shout with joy. They are thrilled to receive a present. We should be thrilled to be invited to be given a gift of ministry of reconciliation. And we should be responding to that as a missional church because there are deep needs in our community and opportunities to share the gospel with these kids. Amen. And like, I love, I love what you said. We, we need reconciliation for these kids. And you know, yeah. I think something to point on too is to know that one of the th- reasons we need the gospel is because these kids are in a generational cycle where the families that they're coming out of, the families that they're being separated from, many of them have experienced foster care firsthand. They've been foster children or the foster system has been evident in their life. And, and, the, and the, the gospel is what helps us learn to break cycles. And, and really, if you, if you look at the word of God, that's what the gospel does. When Christ comes, he's breaking that generational cycle of sin. Uh, and the only way to do that is through the reconciliation of Christ. And so we bring the fragrance and aroma of Christ. But you also said in that it's not easy. And uh, I love what you say. You know, don't, don't think about it. Get information so that you can start to make an informed decision and start to pray and ask the Lord where you fit in. And as the body of Christ, we can all fit in in different places. But it's not easy. It's not easy breaking cycles. It's not easy getting into broken places. So describe some of the challenges that you've faced personally as a foster parent and how you've seen the Lord's hand work through those situations and, and, and be evident and, and, and truly get the glory. Um, so I like to say that foster parents are chronically needy, um, which is really, again, we're just a microcosm. We're just a group of people uh, that look just like everybody else. We're sinners broken mm-hmm. in need of grace. And, and we as a people, uh, we as humans, as broken humans, we are chronically needy people. We just become a lot more aware of it, I think, when you invite that much trauma into your living room. Right. We can go and make disciples. It is not we can. We do. That is our, that is our commandment, right, is to go and make disciples. Uh, my family has just chosen to stay and bring. Mm. And so um, foster parents, I think, are chronically needy people group. Mm. And so our support system can become weary along with us. Um, I think that not of my own uh, works, not to boast in my own, but, the, the, but I boast in what the Lord has done in our family to allow us to have such an amazing support system here in Charleston. We have a wonderful church that supports us. We have extended family members, um, it seems like, on every street corner. And yet they grow weary along with us. Um, they grow emotionally weary. They go physically tired because at least right now we've got six total children in our home. That's more than we anticipated, um, but it's what the Lord has asked of us for this season. And so I would say one of the challenge that we, challenges that we have is just we're weary. 
We're chronically mm. needy. Mm. And so I don't feel like as a foster parent, I've ever kind of gotten to this place of like, okay, I know these kids and they know me and we have a system in place and there's structure and it works because right about the time you get there, it's time for them to go home right. and it's time to start over with the next kid. And it's trying to start with that cycle of uh, hope and healing. And so what we have seen is um, sometimes very miraculous um, uh, offers for help. Mm. Miraculous meaning we would be talking about it and you're like, did Siri hear us say that and send a text <laughs> message to our church so that they knew that that Starbucks coffee gift card was not, it's not the coffee. It was the fact that someone said, the Lord asked me to just pray for you this morning. And I thought you might want some caffeine and just think, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was the Lord that he supernaturally provided mm -hmm. for us to say there is support. Um, the everybody can do something mantra is so true because everybody needs to be doing something um, because we are chronically needy. Our home church actually provides a respite night every other month that is just so needed for our marriage. Um, it can be difficult to find a or two babysitters that are trauma informed. Mm. Yes, I could ask my mom over and over again, but she too is chronically needy and, and weary in our support system. So for our local church to step up and provide a respite night, for local churches to provide CEUs, for local churches to put us as a part of their meal ministry, um, for Foster and Adoption Sunday, they bring us to the front of the room and they lay hands and they pray for us during the service because they take the shepherding of this group of families very seriously. Um, we have respite families. I don't know if all your listeners are familiar with licensed respite foster families, but Lifeline and many of our church partners recruit not full-time foster families, but also respite foster families. And, and sometimes I'll get a text message from a respite foster family that just says, I haven't heard from you in a mm. while and I miss my little kiddos. Please may I have them for Saturday. And you know what? I'll go ahead and just take them out to breakfast Sunday morning and bring them to my church. And how about I bring them back over after lunch on Sunday? Mm. Um, the church has a, a wonderful opportunity to, to be the bride of Christ and to serve one another. We all have a, have a say, we all have a place in, in, in caring for these kids. As you mentioned there's a deep cost to the reconciliation of sin. Amen. We know this because our heavenly father had to send his son to live a perfect life and die on our behalf so that we could be reconciled to him in, in heaven forever. Mm. Foster care is the earthly mirror of this. Not the mm. only, but one. The restoration of a family is costly. Mm. Takes up, I say, work for the sake of child or children mm -hmm. to provide hope and healing. When that family, because of that generational sin, is broken, you know, mom and dad are not together. Uh, you know, there's sometimes cycles of addictions and substance dependence. There's domestic violence, especially here in South Carolina. We see a lot of that. Um, typically, there are a lot of people that have to come alongside. There are a lot of grownups. There are people that are financially supporting Lifeline to allow us to hire more social workers that can be invested in our foster parents who can pour into foster kids. There's a whole ecosystem that our children come with, with DHR and DSS and guardians and CASA workers. There's a lot of cost to the reconciliation of, our, uh, of, of that sin, our own sin and the sin that we see in these families. And so our foster parents are just constantly in need of spiritual and, and, and physical renewal 
Um, us, us too. Man, mm. Jonathan and I are not perfect parents. We're willing, um, but, but we need the local body to step in and care for us because we are a chronically needy people. Amen. And I, I think that reminds us so much of what you said too about the gospel. And we know that Christ comes to adopt us. And, uh, you know, the, the children he found in adoption were murderers, were insolent, were, uh, were, were, were broken, broken people. And we like to think of our own salvation as, well, God loved us, but we were lovable. But he loved us when we were unlovable. And so, uh, you know, we're stretched in ways to experience even, even to a greater depth when we reach out. We're stretched to understand the love of God. Uh, and, and the way that while we were yet sinners, while we were insolent, while our righteousness was filthy rags, he came and he, he, he gave his life for us and um, pursued us with, with his love. And so I know that, you know, as we close, I know people have heard this and uh, obviously they can't meet you and not just hear the passion. And you have such a passion for life and a passion for foster care and caring for the poor and the needy and the vulnerable. But how specifically for foster care can those living in Alabama and South Carolina get involved through what Lifeline's doing in foster care? The best first step is to sign up for orientation. Mm. It's really simple. Um, in fact, on our Lifeline website right now, before we started talking, Herbie, I went to check. And there are five orientations that are going to happen in the next 60 days. And so if you are in the Birmingham or North Charleston area, there is um, an orientation that you can register for and get good information about both how Lifeline operates in partnership with DHR and DH DSS, but also just generally speaking, what does missional foster care look like? Um, we talk a lot about at these orientations, it's not just foster care, it's family care. Mm -hmm. um, we really work with our families uh, to have them well-equipped to share parent with our biological families, to see that the child's full ecosystem is part of their ministry opportunity. Mm. Um, but the first step is always orientation. And we've been working with Christy Mack, our domestic uh, vice president, on doing a handful of these orientations in a webinar style. So I would also encourage, again, for listeners outside of Alabama and South Carolina, come learn about foster care from a missional trusted partner. Come hear, hear about foster care from us. You can attend that orientation and get good information and then let us help you get connected to a local resource. Those orientations online, you can be in your PJs mm. and you can sit uh, with a cup of coffee uh, in the evening or a decaf cup of coffee in your PJs and you can come listen about foster care. Depending on your state, then a lot of different things happen as far as how long the training classes are, what the relationship is and roles between DHR and Lifeline are. Ultimately, you get the opportunity to minister to children. Ultimately, we're all going to the same place in this foster care journey. We're going to mm -hmm. be able to manifest the gospel, make the name of our creator great to mm -hmm. these children so that they hear that they are children of the one true king. And maybe they've been to church before, right? Maybe they, they had a, an auntie or a grandmother or a parent that has introduced them to church. But our families simply living out the daily walk with the Lord get the opportunity to disciple these, these children and their families. Um, and and it's, it's amazing. So we're ultimately all going to get to the same place. But the first step's always orientation. Amen. And so we would love to partner with your family. If maybe something you've heard today has has livened your heart and opened you up to what the Lord might be calling your family to do in foster care. We would love to connect with you. You can always get in touch with us 
uh, at our main office number at 205-967-0811. You can ask for any one of our staff when you call that number. And you can always connect with us at lifelinechild.org or by going and and emailing us at info at lifelinechild.org so that we can connect you with one of these webinars where we can connect you with a training to get you uh, on the path to taking the first step to see how the Lord would use you for foster care. And just to reiterate what Kathy said, that doesn't mean that you have to be a foster family. Even in uh, the, 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 her family's journey of foster care, you've heard how the church has been so vital, the respite has been so vital, the, the, the meals, the prayers, you can be a part of helping children in foster care, even if God is not calling you to be a foster family. So Kathy, thanks for joining us and for your passion and uh, for all that you do on behalf of children in foster care and vulnerable children through your ministry with Lifeline. Thank you so much, Herbie. It's been great to be with you. We also want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and hope that tomorrow is so filled with blessings for family as we are so thankful for all the blessings that the Lord has given us. And even this discussion on foster care reminds us of how thankful we are that we have a God that did not leave us as orphans, but while we were estranged and while we were but yet sinners, that he died for us, that he He gave his life for us so that we could have redemption. And so happy Thanksgiving from us at Lifeline Children's Services. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.